Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. Hello. I am drinking tea that uh, is very weak. I made it in this part that sits before me, for those of you watching. It's the sort of tea that may be drunk by a wizened small tea living in uh, some kind of apartment somewhere. Um, basically warm milk with a, with a flavor of Earl Grey. Nice. Uh, but well, um, yeah, and I'm running a little late today. You're running a little so late, man. You, you booked it out this morning. I did. Awesome. I'm like, I'm going on vacation this week, uh, this next, stacking in a bunch of extra stuff before this trip. Um, yeah, so. Churches aren't made to run that fast. You got to be careful with that kind of uh, philosophy. I know. <laughs> well, I, well, I want to be fully. I am getting my annual haircut today. Annual? Uh-huh. Um, wow. And, and it's annual now because my sister-in-law used to cut my hair for when we lived in Michigan. Michigan, she could cut it three to four times a year, and now we rarely see her, so I have to pay to get haircuts for the first years, and I don't like that. Hmm. So I'm going to a place recommended by the great Mr. Eddie Squire. Um, oh, nice. Awesome. And yeah, ooh, but I... Um, Whoa, yeah, I throwing tea. But well, I, uh, well, yeah, welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea Show. We are drinking... Like, I was Bathroom partially 18. late because I was so committed to fitting our but, brand. Yeah. Good. Actually have to hear, can I use your saucer for my tea bags? I suppose, yes. Yeah. Boy, thank um, you. And I'm off to England next week. Pentecost in Greek, and he's going to talk about the new, no, I'm just joking, a little bit. But uh, yeah. it's, and specifically about the spirit, about um, what's significant about this for a church. But uh, why should we care? Mm-hmm. Why should we care? Like, they're listening. They're like, Pentecost. Mm -hmm. This is really helping me my, in my <laughs> office. Or I'm drunk. And you guys are talking about Pentecost. Oh, who cares? So, uh, well, we set, we kind of set the scene this Sunday for those of you that are savvy people um, with, with this idea of uh, of what, well, what is the the story behind the story at Pentecost? We miss as 21st century people the fact that there's an old story that's really important to explain that there's a lot of symmetry and synergy going on in these different things. So, so there's this moment where this thing called spirit is introduced that's vague and mysterious this, to how Acts talks about spirit. And then in, in breath, pneuma, spirit, in, in Hebrew, Hebrew ruach, ruach, impersonal nature of it. But, but it's still a story that we kind of focus on in the moment. It's the story that's happening in front of us. And yet, for a whole tribe of people, this Jewish people, Pentecost was a special day before this moment. It wasn't a new special day, it's a special day that gets, like in language you might say, retconned, it's retroactive content. When Dude, they, I'm just trying to tea here, wake up. Well, sorry. Continuity. So if you don't, if you don't, if you want to clue into the word retroactive continuity, 
it's what happens when someone goes back, changes a story. So in comic books, as an yeah. example, um, in the, the 70s, there's Spider-Man, there's Peter Parker. How does he become Spider-Man? He gets a spy affected with nuclear reactivity. And that's how he gets his powers. And then you fast forward to the 90s, there's a new Spider-Man movie, Spider, that has, he's bitten by a spider, been genetically modified by scientists. Um, because in the 60s, petrified of the possibility of nuclear war, that's on their minds. In the 90s, we're all peace yeah. and love. We've forgotten that the, the, there's nuclear threats like that. We're not worried about Cuban missiles. We're not worried about the so that point have disappeared. They just want VH1 and MTV. They don't want to start nuclear wars. Interestingly, we've kind of gone back a little bit to the, the 60s story today. Uh. But, but that Spider-Man, he's, he's, he's genetified because that's what's on everyone's mind, was certainly yeah. that have been clo yeah. Dolly the Sheep from the 90s and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's the changing of the story. Now that can happen because uh, a great comic there's, I'm just spilling tea again. I must be excited. Can you gesture with the hand that you're not holding I tea I could just with? put down the tea. Um, <laughs> I must be in preaching mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't see. even pushed a care about this yeah, anyway absolutely. yet. So let's, yeah. So, so, so that can happen because a great comic book writer says, uh, I'm gonna story. So Passover, is this mm -hmm. old story. Jesus comes, is on Passover, and, and Passover has a new story. Asked how Jewish people, it would be like if I stood up this coming Easter and said, guys, Easter used to be about Jesus, but it's now about me. Yeah. Um, that, that's how the intolerable, audacity. yeah, that's yeah. tolerable it sounds. You're cutting Moses out of the story. Um, so, so Passover, the story changes because of Jesus' death and resurrection. There's a new Passover. And then there's this period of of 50 days or they become a nation on that day. They get an identity on that day. And now is, new- This is independence. Yeah, yeah, Independence Day. And then now new Passover, 50 days, they become a nation, they get an identity on that day, but it's not the identity of a Lord. It's now the identity of the spirit that lives within them, which is- mm, So good. Is a grand story. So um, again, back to, so there's the having to work. Uh -huh. Why should they care about Pentecost? If there are Jesus and they're like, I just tuned into this podcast to hear you guys talk about tea and like something like really, really important to my week or help me get through the week this week. Why should they care about past yeah, or so, the spirit? So, so this, this movement that we're taken on is we haven't, that is God. We have this moment Easter that is God for us. And then we have this moment at Pentecost, which is God in us. And we can come and dwell within you, that he can be the power. And now we're suddenly taking language that's impersonal um, and, and bring you, no, the spirit can live inside me. What, what does that- Yeah, so much so that like Jesus says this crazy thing to his disciples uh, to talk him out yet. Earlier on in his ministry, Jesus tells his disciples, you know, or that I go away because I'm going to yeah. pick you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Can absolutely. you stick yeah, around? Can you stay? Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you're like, like maybe my faith would be stronger or I could get the healing that I want or I could have this solve. If Jesus would actually just show up, it, that it better because they had the physical and that's why it was better for them. I don't get that. Jesus seems to think that the spirit is better. He says, no, it's better I go away because I'm sending someone awesome so the, the, to be in you. The pithy language we used was the spirit inside than Jesus beside you. Yeah. Which oh, is, yeah, yeah, which is just, you I know, it. yeah, yeah. It was, it was very pithy and trips off the, but it, but it's got the implication that yes, if, if we think about what it is to live with Jesus day by day, the bad stuff that happens, 
you know, you're driving to work, you're stuck in traffic, Jesus just moves the traffic for you. It's the Bruce Almighty type scenario. You just zzz, totally. um, and suddenly the road's clear and you drive and your dog dies and Jesus kind of things. So, um, and, I, and he's saying that no, the s along to Yeah. So I guess maybe the episode or about Pentecost, about this, this weird occurrence, thousands is um, said, is there more to this Christian faith? Or maybe you entered Christianity thinking of some sort of, some sort of transformative energy, like maybe my life could actually be different. And then you've gotten in for a while and you're like, where's that thing mm. extra? Well, intimizing yourself with what to place at Pentecost and recognizing that that still can be as the power is there and what the spirit is and how he interacts with your daily life. Yeah, so, so that the interesting of the Jesus face that the transformation doesn't happen because of you, Pete, with the transforming power um, that isn't you. So what I started doing? There, there's a story. I knew yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a story. So I started doing CrossFit for this whole season. And, and I felt like I was working really hard. Um, and, and the coach said to me, you are working really hard. You're just working really hard badly. So we're doing these different exercises. You're pulling up these heavy weights from the ground and you're trying to lift them over your head. And, and I'm there working my arm muscles to try and lift this weight up and push it above my head. And, and, and the coach, uh, um, Melissa, her, her language was, those muscles aren't made to do that activity. You'll be able to do it once, but you won't be able to do it a hundred times. And, yet and I'm going to ask you to do it a hundred. Uh huh. And yeah. you have these, <laughs> you have these hip muscles, or you have these like muscles in your core um, and your glutes, and these muscles are made to do that kind of thing. So you have to learn to engage those muscles to do this activity. Um, the the mm. uh, similar story. A friend of mine I used to play golf with. I used to. I mean, he hits the ball a mile. And I was joking about one day I was going to hit the ball as far as him. And he just, in this little aside, said, not until you start using your lower body. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, your lower body doesn't move. It's just static. It just isn't engaged. It's all arm swing and you're swinging as hard as you can. But until you learn to get that those hips into the, the game. The same thing's true about the disc better sport. Of disc golf. <laughs> disc golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere that, that, that. The cheaper sport. The cheaper. <laughs> The poor man's sport. <laughs> the <Sorry>. quick sport. <laughs> no. um, Aaron likes to play disc golf, which can be played for free in 58 minutes. I like to play real golf, which costs $1,000 for the equipment, takes five hours, <laughs> yeah. and costs about $100 a dime. I'm just saying. Life choices. Uh, absolutely. All right, carry on. The illustration. I, I love that. So yeah, the, the, those so muscles. So the spirit is the using the proper muscles. Exactly. And, and that that's where the the parallel breaks down because of the of course it's not just switching from one of our muscles to another of our muscles it's accepting that we aren't equipped we don't have the muscle musculoskeletal whatever structure to be formed in the way of jesus that's an internal transformation that happens through this thing called spirit that is breath so so jesus argument is the spirit will come and breathe in you and live in you and then transform you. And all you're doing is participating in that. Um, yeah. So, so theoretically, hopefully driving to work, that may take some of the pressure off because you may feel like, I've been lifting this heavy weight with my arms for as long as I can, and it feels like I'm getting tired of it, and I'm not sure how much longer I can do it.
Yeah, and maybe you're saying that they're using the wrong muscle. Maybe. I mean, because I do all the time still. Same, yeah, yeah same I, here. I, I still try and control my own transformation. So, um, CrossFit coach, how, how would an understanding of the spirit, maybe of a little bit of, under, of Pentecost or bypass all that, just day-to-day life, how do we use the right muscle? Yeah, and I, and I think that 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 just let go and let God, you let know. Let go and let God. God is good all the time, all the time. Yeah, simple just platitudes. Like, just don't platitudes, try. Platitudes. Stop trying, people. So, so if only it were that simple, right? Um, so, what's it actually look like so practically? I, I think this this pushes us into the language of 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 prayer and how we communicate with God, because I think for most people that say that they are following Jesus, there's a couple of possibilities. There's one possibility that they have a time that they would consider their prayer time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Quiet time, maybe, is language we use. Meditation time, all those different things. Um, the other possibility, of course, is that they don't or we don't, and we just feel really guilty about it. Yeah. But somewhere there's, there's probably guilt for a huge percentage of us. Guilt that we don't do it or guilt that it's not really doing what we think it should do. So that yeah. might be because our prayer looks like something like this. I've got a list of stuff that I've failed at, list of stuff that I'd like to do better, list of stuff that I need in life. And I sit there and I give God all of those lists and I hopefully feel better about being such a failure, optimistic that I might not be a failure in the future and hopeful that he might give me the stuff that I've asked for. Uh, and it, I wish that didn't sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and I don't, and I'm not, I'm not sure that isn't continuing to lift with the wrong muscles. Um, I'm not sure that those things may be an important part of prayer, but it seems like for a lot of people who've really tapped into what you might call living in the spirit, partnership with this spirit, the breath of God, abide, I mean, all of these Abiding, weird phrases yeah. that we might throw in there, real transformation, they seem to practice prayer as being in God's presence. And mm. that seems to bring some kind of transformations. It's encounters with Jesus and his spirit over and over and over and over and over and over again that seem to bring transformation. Uh, and so so I loved the language that the Catholic priest Brennan Manning used when he was asked about how he prayed. And he said, like, I have an hour of prayer and it's the only time of the day where I don't pray. Um, Oh, interesting. You know, so so in that moment, uh, I am. My focus is how do I be with Jesus, become closer to to an awareness of Him. Um, forget all of the other stuff that I failed at. Let it go. Forget all of the things I'm thinking about. All of the business plans that I have. All of the tensions at school. All of the the things I have to get done. How do I take all of those and and let them go and just focus on? I'm in Jesus' presence with him. He is with me. He loves me. He's passionate about me. Um, and his spirit lives within me. And then he said, suddenly I noticed that the rest of the day when I had a need, I was so conscious of God's presence in my life that I would just say a quick prayer. And it was tr- truly mm. transformative. But, but he had a conscious time of, no, I'm not trying to ask for a bunch of stuff. I'm not trying to apologize for a bunch of stuff. I'm recognizing the fact that Jesus loves me very much and wants to spend time with me. Mm. And I want to spend time with him. So, so again, like it is that simple. And, and yet I know personally that's really hard to do. That's a practice. Yes. 
Totally. So, um, I'm assuming just because I've talked to you enough and I know you well enough that you've got some stories about the power of the spirit. Mm. Um, and I know that as a church community, like just imagine, um, if increasingly both in the number of us who call South Fellowship Church home and individually, just increasingly, if as, as we learn how to interact and have daily um, interaction with the Holy Spirit, oh man, it, it's like tapping into power. It's like mm. plugging into the battery power of what God is trying to accomplish in the world. So could you um, maybe tell us a story about a season or a, a moment or a specific situation where you're just like, the spirit was here and mm-hmm. this significant thing happened that couldn't have happened if he, if he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting that I feel like most of the stories, lots of the stories seem to happen in other places that aren't the West, which is a whole other conversation maybe. Um, but you having had these experiences overseas would probably say the same thing. There's something different about different places. There's a cynicalness to an, uh, an, uh, in our approach to faith in the West that, that almost we question everything. We don't have a framework for the unexpected. Everything has to be scienced. Um, yeah. So there, there's something about if you assume it's never going to happen, that's like a self-fulfilling mm, prophecy yeah, yeah. a little but, bit. But yeah. I did have this season of life where that I've talked a little bit before, even on this podcast of a time in England where I was part of a community of faith that had seen God move in incredible ways in the past, that that seemed to have stopped, even though a large number of people gathered every week. Um, And the pastor would articulate multiple reasons why he felt like that had happened. But there was a season where we gathered together to pray. There were about 100 of us that would gather every single week. Uh, and we would pray very faithfully in groups of threes and fours for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was just a weird week where it did happen. I, and I remember the week. I remember where I was standing. I remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and suddenly it went from 100 people gathering to like 700 or so people gathering. Just people started flooding in. People would come every week saying, there's something about walking into this building that I haven't experienced anywhere else. I've been going to church all of my life, but there's something here. We would have people come in with all different kinds of sicknesses. People would go away healed. Now, now not everyone was healed, um, but it did mm-hmm. happen um, in in real tangible ways. Mm. Uh, and there was a lot of health in it. There, there was days I would go reg- every week and, and have this sense of, I don't know what's going to happen today. Um which was which was different to how I'd lived faith at other times, and I I think like just hearing that, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I have the suspicion that it's deeply wired into our humanity to want something supernatural. Yeah, and I think it's deeply wired into where whether it happens is tied deeply to a desperation for it to happen. Yeah, and well, just think about like like let's say you're not you don't even call yourself a Christian or even religious. Our society, even in the West, ironically, this the Western world that like is super let's it's all science. If I haven't mm. seen it, smelled it, tasted it, whatever, it's not real. 
has a, a much more of that scientific, scientific method sort of mentality mm-hmm. towards stuff. How many of our movies and films and stories we want the Marvel universe, the like, yeah. it's this obsession with human beings being able to rise above the status quo of what it means to be human and perform some task or thing that's beyond human. It's some supernatural oh, yeah. thing. Even our obsession with sports. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's someone when we, when we like watch sports, it's seeing someone who's given themselves so fully to some sports activity that they're almost superhuman. And they're they're doing almost things godlike. We cannot do. Yes. So I think wired into our very humanity is this draw to the supernatural. Mm. And that's why I think actually, interestingly, sports become more compelling as you become an adult because you have a growing realization, <laughs> I can't do that. More, uh, yeah. like, like I remember watching as a when kid. I, when, I, when I used to be want to be a BMX biker uh-huh. and no one told me, Aaron, you're six foot four <laughs> and you weigh 230 pounds. And you're only 15. <laughs> and you're only 15. <laughs> well, I <Yeah>. mean... <laughs> We're not going to yeah. tell you you can't do anything you put your mind to, but you cannot be a BMX. And, that, and that's an important part of life, right? I mean, I, I remember I remember going to my mom, like maybe eight years old, saying, Mom, can I have a basketball and a basketball hoop for for my birthday? I want to be a basketball player. And she didn't laugh at me. She didn't. She should have, but she didn't. Yeah. And, and now She's like, I'm I know the gene pool that you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, I just like, you, you're six foot barely. Uh, and you know, you, you basketball is the sport you're worst at. <laughs> I'm gonna let the dream continue. I'm just yeah. And I played have... a little bit of backyard basketball, and I thought maybe I could be a basketball player. And there's like, okay, you're tall. Mm-hmm. There's a chance. The problem is I have a three inch vertical. Yeah, it's so yeah. I'm six foot four, and I can't dunk. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, no. There is this growing realization of how, uh, and that's that's a, a key key. It's a regular. Um, misunderstanding intellectually people who are experts at something don't realize how much better they are than everybody else they think what they do is easy yeah and so they're like why can't you know you you could probably do this and people who aren't experts look at experts and think that what they do is easy (laughs) and it's not there's a almost like this weird double fallacy we we just yeah we we don't recognize there is a longing for to be able to do those things. And so um, what we're talking about today is what Christianity and Jesus has promised us. Like it is the, th- it might be the very thing that is beckoning you forward. Mm. Your interest in the, in movies that talk about the supernatural, your interest in sports, your interest in like, th- there's gotta be something more than I see yeah. or feel. It might be this deposit in your soul that is, beckoning you forward to this supernatural relationship with a God, the creator of the universe. And that, that, that's, that sadness, I think, almost for the church that has lost its power and also sadly lost its authority because of moral failure, all of those different things. Mm-hmm. Um, my my daughter, oldest daughter at the moment is really into Harry Potter. She's on the seventh book. Another great example. And it's that feeling of... Speriamus. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's <laughs> I can do these things. And so, so how do I, as a follower of Jesus and her father, articulate for her, you have a power within you that is, is more real than that, that is more spectacular than that, um, 
because the early fear from pastors watching Harry, I actually remember people at pastors articulating this was, oh my goodness, they're going to want to do these things. Uh, and their deep fear wasn't that their faith wasn't real. It was that we don't have that kind of power in the church. Um, and yet this is the faith that, that, that began by a group of people that saw the dead raised, saw the sick healed, some Harry Potter walked stuff, up, walked on water, fed 5,000 people. They were participants in this thing that was, that was, was in Greek dunamis, dunamis was, was power. Power, um, yeah. Was, yes, the spirit brought that. Um, and, and it seems like for Jesus, it began and was centered around his willingness to get up early in the morning and go into these quiet spaces and do that Brennan Manning thing. Um, yes. That, that so, connection was inherent. Okay, so then how do we tap into this power? Man, I, I, do we have the ability? Like, if I just learn the right spells, well, that's the problem. Like, it's not do spells, I just need to like because it's like a no, it's a flick and then a switch. <laughs> no, it's it's no, it's what, more of the, a flourish. What's the famous thing that um, Hermione Granger says? It's no, it's that it's not Leviosa, it's Leviosa. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, if you just, say it right, <laughs> my daughter does this impersonation of it. It's so I funny. Love anyway, it. so but yeah, th that. How do we do this? So, so it seems like God is far less interested in right words than it seems like he only gives these things out of relationship and out of desire and, and longing and, um, and, and that, that maybe reflects back on why you see these things more in the East, oh, man, we don't have a need for many of these things today. Mm. Like while it would be fun to be able to levitate things with a spell, um, that that's a that's a party trick. It's not a need. It's not furthering the kingdom of God. And it seems like all of these things that that God is interested in are not about us feeling good about stuff or showing off, or they're about furthering His kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, and when we meet people in different parts of the world, especially around the subject of healing, you and I have both been in places where there is no doctor. There's maybe a witch doctor. But there's no doctor. There's there's no. Uh, I'm just going to go back and get this fixed. Um, it requires something else. There's 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 a desperate need, and we rarely have that need, which is is. Yeah, it's one of the challenges of being a follower of Jesus in the West, is to keep your soul alive enough to the reality of the supernatural world, and to this relationship. That God mm -hmm. with God that's living, active, not dead, still trying to come. Like in the West, it's like you can just go into your air conditioned home and hang out with like there's a lot of comforts that just prevent us from sensing that urgency mm -hmm. of what the kingdom could be mm -hmm. if we um were to fully lean in. So but there's there's the spirit seems to be more active visibly at the at the bleeding edge of his kingdom's mm. work. Yeah. His bringing of restoration. So, yeah. But but it also seems that the spirit is indifferent to who he moves through and we have to be indifferent too. Because again, yeah. it's not about us personally. So it seems like for me to healthily pastor south, I have to have the same longing that God moves at Bethany as he does at south. 
and the same longing that he moves at South Suburban the other way down the street as he moves at South and to celebrate it to the same degree when he does it there. Otherwise, it's really about me. Totally. And this place. I have we to, even talked about this a little bit. Was it, I think it was last week where we were talking about that faith, like that um, skepticism that God could work in another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of this is like, it does seem like the spirit almost like the unexpected person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's some of the Peter and John conversation we exactly. have. It almost has to be, God, if you move through John, that's wonderful. Um, like, I'm so excited to see your kingdom come through him. Um, and, and that, that intention is, is cause we, we live in such a competitive world in so many ways. Like that's something I try and intentionally practice when someone else is preaching on Sunday morning. Mm. My, my intention prayer is God. I hope that they just kill it up there, that people's lives are transformed, that they articulate your message in a new way that captures people's imaginations and leads to transformation in the week. Not, ah, oh, yeah, I hope they're kind of crap so that when I get I up next week, people like, are I like- I hope they're really good, but not quite yeah, as good yeah, as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've never had those thoughts before. <laughs> yeah, it is like, it's like this, this brokenness in us that that draws us to that other thought. And then, then it's the spirit that says, no, 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 no. There's something bigger, more beautiful, more And grand. that indifference is a practice. Like, And, and that's yeah. why you know, if any of you ever go to spiritual direction and you believe your spiritual director is deeply passionate about making sure you stay with them for spiritual direction, even when it's not working well, they're probably not a person you want to be getting spiritual direction from. Yeah. Um, like that that longing for you to have the right person and the right conversations is key to that practice. And our longing for the kingdom to come wherever it comes. Um, and so I said something at one of our prayer gatherings that I hope was true. I wondered afterwards whether it was completely true. Hmm. I said something like, if God starts moving at the church down the road, I'll be the first one over there. Um, and I hmm. thought, huh, I wonder if I actually meant that. But I think I should mean that. I want to uh, mean that. Yeah. And maybe that's, uh, this is one of the unique parts about interacting with the spirit. And I think, you know, Romans seven talks about this uh, dynamic and stuff where there's, there's, there's like a warring self. There's like our flesh and mm. our brokenness. And then there's the spirits drawing out our true, true God given selves. Mm. And sometimes when you say you might, you might've fully meant that and yeah. fully not meant that at the same time, like there might've been like a little bit of, and, and maybe that's true for all of us. Like so, the spirit in you, who Jesus says he dwells in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, the spirit in you is like, absolutely. I agree with that 110%. And then there's like, might be a little bit of the old self or the, that's still like, I'm not too sure if I believe that. And so the, the answer is maybe you said truth both ways. Yeah. And I think, I think what I would say with all of that, as we sort of sort of bring that conversation to a close is that, yes, there is the question, what does this spirit do for you driving to work in the morning with all of the questions you have? The beauty of the spirit is the corporateness. It's a unifying thing. It's as mm. the law was for the Jewish people. So the spirit is for this new spirit people. Um, it, it's a unifying thing. It, it creates community because you have more in common 
we did circles last week in church. We signed up for activities. Disc golf was one of them. You got like, I don't know, 15 guys or whatever yeah. that want to play disc golf. But you have more in common with the guy that hates disc golf and yet has the spirit than you do with someone who deeply loves disc golf but doesn't. Mm. That's the unifying message of the new... This thing that we have in common mm. is distinct. Um. So yeah, that that that's that's a compelling thing that that I think it, it gives us. I, I would ask you a question, um, because we've started to tap into some of these questions around what does it take to relate to this spirit, to live life in that spirit? What do we miss at times as individuals? There's a piece of language, I think, in Ephesians that says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit mm. by which you are sealed. It suggests that even as a follower of Jesus, you can get almost out of relationship. With that spirit, there can be a uh, a way of acting that harms that. Mm. What, what, if anything, do you think that looks like? Yeah, I think, like to to grieve the spirit. Yeah, I think it's it's a neglect a neglect of the relationship. A, yeah, I think that that to me is like it's it's not like you're not doing enough for me, so I'm grieved. Uh -huh. It's like oh. If you were only, if you only knew how much I have for you mm. and how much I could be guiding you, even like uh, for me, like make this a little bit more personal. Like I think for the most part, when I'm doing ministry at South, my desires are for what God wants. I want his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. And, and so I'm, scurrying along trying to help help the kingdom come and stuff mm. and then the spirit might be along oh Aaron you know what if we were to just partner at a higher level and we were to just talk about this more often and spend more time together that scurrying would turn into a light stroll oh so interesting with 10x the output yes and I find the same challenge like I'll sit here on Saturday Sometimes, and I'll feel a little rushed. I'm still trying to put something Type together. Something, yeah. And I'll have moments where I'll, be, I'll feel this pull of just sit and just ask what I'm doing this week. Just ask how I, I the spirit, want to move. Just ask how you can partner with me. And yet there's just part of me that's like, but I've got to write some stuff. And I've got to have slides on the screen. And I've got to do this. And I've got to think of a quirky illustration that will capture people's imaginations and and it's so easy to do 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 and achieve um and yet that call of yeah come come aside and be with me again it goes back to what jesus does every morning mm -hmm. before he goes walking on water before he goes feeding five thousand. almost every big miracle story of jesus is preceded by a piece of language that says something like Jesus withdrew from the crowds. Jesus got up early in the morning and went out into quiet places. <laughs> it's almost tied so uniquely together. When he does that, something incredible happens. Something Andrea said to me, Andrea Jones is on staff here. Um, and something she said to me today was awesome. I think it's a great illustration of maybe as a baby step of how you could start entering into this relationship. She said, if I miss my walk in the morning with Jesus and my prayer time, I'm useless to the staff. Hmm? And I was like, yes. And see, that's that's a person who's been walking with Jesus mm -hmm. long enough to know, 
Like she's wicked smart and gifted in a ton of different ways. And she's like, oh, all that's all that gifting is inert. Mm -hmm. Like it has, it needs some sort of activation. Otherwise it's useless to the team. Mm. Um, it's useless to the church. And for her, her, one of her spiritual practices is to get out and walk in the morning and talk to Jesus and pray and to ask him what he wants for the team. And then that conversation is like adding the um, the reactive chemicals that she needs to unleash all of her giftings. Which is interesting. Same, same for me on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, I started a practice of just going for a walk early in the morning, mm. like taking no notes, just taking the sermon with me, all of the mental preparations somewhere, there's stuff written down, but just taking it and almost just walking it with Jesus and just saying, where is this going? And, and in some ways, what happens, I would notice regularly is, it gets more into my heart. It challenges me and pushes up against my own hmm. areas of needing work, but it also comes out much better. Yeah, uh, when I have that space. Any other like, any other tips we could offer for people to? Um, all right, I hear you. There's power in this. Mm. My soul, my very humanity is longing for this supernatural interaction. Like, okay, I hear you. Let's say they've bought in and yeah. they want to take a baby step towards interacting with the spirit at a different level, what do you recommend? So so I, I would throw in a couple of things, and these are things that I I, I have some tension with myself. Okay. Sort of One, I would say, yes, praying every day is very valuable. Actually directing brief prayers to the Holy Spirit directly and regularly. Not is, just in Jesus' name. Uh-huh, yeah. Just say, you say spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying today? Holy Spirit, uh, I long to partner with you. Holy Spirit, change me. Mm -hmm. Th those are actually great little baby steps. I'm going to throw out an author and a book that I I probably wouldn't recommend a chunk of the time. Like there's a okay. whole bunch of baggage with this guy. A book that was actually really transformative for me was Benny Hinn's Good Morning Holy Spirit. So if you don't know much about church, sort of like info, gossip, whatever, Benny Hinn is this very controversial figure. Uh, white suit, very much the guy blowing on people on stage and stuff. And, yeah. and just, yeah. Lots of money. Lots of money, you, you planes like and stuff. Faith. Although, interestingly, he did this whole repentance thing, know, like maybe yeah. a there's year a ago. There's a different story going on right now. Yeah. Like, it seems like God's up to something in his life. But yes, okay. Yes, but all of those things. This but is all, pre all that, yeah. All of that started when he was a teenager with a stutter that was afraid to speak on stage. Um, and, and he began praying. He was captivated by this idea of who the Holy Spirit was. And he just started praying, Holy Spirit, I long for your friendship and things like that and had these real transformative moments. Mm -hmm. And I would say I had moments around reading that too, that were, were impactful for me. Um, and even his, his whole ministry, he, he talks about his first time preaching and he was asked to go share at this thing. And he went over to someone's house after, after the first service that he hadn't preached at, was supposed to preach at this evening service. And, and they said to him, you know, just go take a nap and, you know, just relax and don't get yourself stressed out. And, and he said, I went, I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. So I went manuscripting, writing all my sermon out and everything. And, and I was supposed to walk onto the stage to preach and I froze. So I stood up there, couldn't say a word. Nothing came out. Um, and he said, in that moment, I looked up to heaven and said, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. And the answer that I got back was, good, now you realize you can't do it, I will do it. 
-hmm. and suddenly everything and he began teaching and it became this thing so again lo loads of tension with that that ministry and the money around it and the promises around it and my my own grandmother was someone who was sick who was sending money every week believing somewhere this was going to become a thing but the actual premise of that early book which was somewhere there's a beginning of a relationship with the holy spirit that comes out of longing and making yourself available mm -hmm. there's part of that i'm like yes definitely we all need that um, yeah. And so uh, one of our. So maybe even like the, some of it's almost like if you have that long, you're like, I kind of do wish that my faith or my Christianity had some more power to it. Yeah. Like it just feels like it's starting to become stagnant or inert or whatever it may be. Just start with talking to the yeah, spirit yeah. about that. Hey, spirit, what's going on? Uh huh. Maybe... If, you're, if you're out there, I mean, if you're real, like, can you like help me with this? And then say that every day for a little while and see what happens. And maybe read a book that constantly brings that back to your mind. If you're someone that finds you can read, just, just something that constantly reflects back to you know that, yeah, this is a longing that I have. Uh, this is a passion for me. Uh, First Corinthians is a book we're gonna be looking at in September uh, at South. So we're gonna be taking a journey through that, through that. That has lots of language about what it is to live in the spirit. And um, this summer, end of the summer, we're going to be, or, you know, middle of the summer, we're going to be also talking about some spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. And some of these are just spiritual practices that that enable you to like broach the relationship mm -hmm. and ratchet that relationship up through some very practical practices. Yes. Exciting so, stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's a good I place think it's a good to start. Because we're both on vacation next week. So what, yes, what are we, speaking what, so of next which, week? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we'll have a show next week. I, I'll probably just publish a reminder of that. But we're both on vacation. Then we'll be back to our regular uh, programming. Alex might still be out, but we'll have the speakers, um, some guest speakers maybe coming in and on the show. if you don't make it, like in a couple of weeks, we have Jeff Brodsky. Hopefully he's preaching at South, hopefully coming to do this. And Yeah, it should be fun. Man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. Should be fun. But yeah, experiment. Talk to the Spirit. Ask him to show himself. I love it. Awesome. Like, subscribe, do download, the, do the thing. Rate us on iTunes. That would be really helpful. Get yeah. some ratings on iTunes. Absolutely. Yeah. And we love you all. Bye bye. Turn off. Well, thanks again for listening, and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this, so feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing, and we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.